Hey guys, this is Mo Sider from the Detroit Red Wings. You guys listen to Lockdown Red Wings. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Today is Friday, July 16th, 2021, and today's episode is brought to you by Spotify Green Room. Uh, oh, we have a special announcement on Spot about Spotify Green Room. Um, download the app and join us next week. We're going to hammer out the time here in a second to get in on the action. So Scotty and I, we'll, we'll just make this the top of the announcement show. I'm Nolan Be- or top of the show announcement. Uh, I'm Nolan Bianchi. We got Scotty Bentley here with us. Uh, we are going to start a Red Wings book club. Uh, it will take place during our weekly Spotify green room sessions. We are trying to figure out what to do with it. Uh, I was reading a book on Gordie Howe, Mr. Hockey the other day. And I was like, this. It, I was tweeting out some things. And I was like, oh, this would be really cool to like do uh, a book club in the locker room. It would give us something to talk about every week. It would be a reason for uh, you guys to participate. And I think we are going to lead off with none other than the Russian five. So it is required reading for all Red Wings fans. It's a good opportunity to uh, to to kind of get on that. Uh, finally get around to reading it. Now, how do you think we should do this, Scotty? Because there are. Uh, it's it's a it's a longer book i don't want to exclude everybody who's a slow reader because i am one of them um (laughs) and so i think we should take it like a couple chapters at a time so that we'll have it read in like three weeks Mm -hmm. yeah we'll do it into thirds um so we'll we'll hammer that out uh actually let me look up how many chapters it is okay so it is 22 chapters 300 pages we should do uh the first seven chapters by next wednesday so you're gonna have homework for this show unfortunately uh that is not our intention if you've already read it before feel free to just show up or even if you don't want to read it uh feel free to just show up and uh listen hang out let us talk about it if you know the story if you've read it before if you've seen the movie and think that's enough spoiler alert it isn't uh then show up feel free to show up as well uh you don't have to talk or anything like that what will probably happen is me and scotty will go in and kind of lead the discussion uh there is a chat function um and depending on you know what some people are saying in there we'll we'll invite some people to come up uh talk about their favorite parts of the chapters that we read so when you're reading you know just kind of much like you would for a school assignment i hate to make this sound like school but uh just write down your favorite parts the things that blew your mind the most the things that you never knew um I'm sure with the Russian five there, there's a lot to unpack here, obviously in this one. Uh, but who knows, maybe we can get um, Keith Gabe on before he's a guest of the show, friend of the program. So we'll see how that goes. I think it would be cool to start getting the authors on as we kind of got things rolling. But as of right now, that is a news off the top of the show is that Red Wings book club is starting next Thursday at five o'clock. We'll do five to five 30 every week. Um, and we'll go from there. You know, it'll, probably change based on the schedule of our, uh, of our lives. But uh, for right now, I think you can plan safely for five o'clock, depending on what kind of feedback we get, we might tweak that a little bit, uh, but we'll, we'll have to see how that plays out. Second order of business, Landis Gog to Detroit. I upset a lot of people on the internet uh, <laughs> over the last couple of days because the 
Colorado Avalanche and Gabriel Landeskog, their captain, are reportedly not even close uh, to a new contract, and he appears ready to test the market. Uh, as of like an hour ago, this is the news came out. It says, told for, from Andy Strickland, he says, told that Go Avs Go have made three formal offers to Landeskog since the end of last season, four, five, and eight-year offers, with the last offer coming in just above the eight-year $41 million contract given uh, to Oilers Ryan, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. So, sounds like whatever the Colorado Avalanche are offering it is less than six million dollars. I understand that that's kind of how they do business, and I and and I got to be honest here. This is maybe something that Red Wings fans are going to see in their future as well, with the negotiation tactics that that was kind of the deal. That is kind of the deal right now in Colorado is players taking a hometown discount. Nathan McKinnon, uh, famously being one of them, but players taking a hometown hometown discount with the hopes of, you know, building a better team and, and making a bigger push for a cup. So I, I want to get off the top right there and say, this is not going to be uh, an issue unique to the Colorado Avalanche. And I would be very surprised if in the next three, four or five years, one of these things didn't happen with one of your favorite Red Wings. For sure. Yeah. And I think the, another thing that's very important to remember, if you only follow hockey, it's all, you know, but for people that kind of follow all sports, hockey salary cap is, is the lowest and, and it has a salary cap across the four main sports. So um, when you're talking about negotiations, even more so to take a hometown discount of sorts, because uh, more so in hockey than, than even I would argue in the NBA, you know, uh, well, the, every, the NBA every dollar matters. Yeah. And in those two leagues, the, the other two leagues that do have a cap, the NBA and the NHL, they both have a soft cap too. So you can go over and right. pay a luxury tax. That is right. not the case in the NHL. That exactly. The cap is what it is. The cap um, is the cap. <laughs> yeah. No There's cap. no, Oh, you can, yeah. yeah, right. There's no, Oh, you can go over, <laughs> but you have to, you know, we're going to find a multi-billionaire, a couple million dollars for going over. Like that's not a thing and yeah. not a trade-off that you can make in the NHL. Yeah, uh, which is honestly fine. Unless you're the lightning. So basically, I was thinking, I'm looking at all this cap space that the Detroit Red Wings have, and I said, hey, two years, 32 million, give it to Gabe Landeskog. You can the most you can offer is 16.3 million. I said it like just for fun, like just for shits and gigs, just as uh try honestly trying to just stir up some trouble amongst Avalanche fans. What had happened was Red Wings fans got really, really mad at me, more so than the Avalanche fans. A, I was joking. B, by the end of it, I kind of wasn't joking. So that was kind of the conundrum I found That's myself That's what I do. In, that, that is, you, you sound a lot like me a lot. <laughs> start off just like throwing something out there just yeah. as like to prove a point. And then three days later, you're like, no, I genuinely believe this now at this point. Yeah, no, but like at the day after, two days later, people started commenting, like, the best part is people not realizing that this is a joke. And I had to, like, break it to them, like, hey, I appreciate you being <laughs> on my side, but uh, here's the deal. Because the Red Wings have uh, so much cap space that uh, we touched on it a couple weeks ago when it came to a guy like Philip Deneau with, you know, over the next two years, it really doesn't matter what you're going to give free agents. So the only thing that matters about it is the precedent that you set for your current players and for your upcoming contracts and things like that. But you're in a position to where you can just offer people a stupid amount of money just for fun. And I figured what better way to use that cap flexibility than to steal the Colorado Avalanche's captain. And people came at me and they were still so upset and they were like, you don't pay anybody that amount of money. Think about it like this. You're paying $8 million for the services of Gabriel Landeskog and $8 million for the satisfaction 
of stealing the Colorado Avalanche's cap. And now maybe some of you are too young to understand what that kind of move would mean in terms of uh, pettiness, aggressiveness, vengefulness, spitefulness. But the fact remains that this would be one of the most gastardly moves in Detroit Red Wings history. It would be a groundbreaking move in the hockey community, A, because it's probably not going to happen. I don't see any scenario where the Red Wings offer Gabriel Landeskog $16 million, but that is the most you can possibly offer a player. And so I threw it up there, went into cap-friendly armchair GM, and just wanted to see what would happen to the Red Wings if they were to do that. Would they still be able to re-sign, you know, Verona and Bertuzzi, all those guys? Would they still be able to put together a roster? They can, and they still have salary cap left over after the fact. So here's your opening night roster. Jacob Verona on the left wing, 4.5 million. We signed him for two years. So this is all this is all factored into those things. You got Philip Sedina, Gabriel Landeskog, Tyler Bertuzzi for another year at 3.5 million. Dill Markin, Robbie Fabry, Richard Ponick, Michael Rasmussen, uh, Bobby Ryan. I think probably Luke Glendening is the more likely guy to be brought back, but that's neither here nor there. I picked Bobby Ryan because he was probably going to be cheaper. Uh, Giovanni Smith, Joe Valeno, Adam Ernie. Then on defense, you got Mo Sider, John Merrill, Philip Peronik, Dennis Chalowski, Troy Stetcher. I brought back John Merrill for funsies. I, you know, I know he's a popular name, uh, and we and the Red Wings need some defense out there. So then after that, I was like, well, just for fun again, because I didn't want people to be like, well, great. Now we have no defense, which I don't know why anybody would complain about that after an entire year of complaining that there's no offense. But I took that into account as well. So I signed Ryan Suter for $5.3 million just for fun again. The Red Wings still with this roster with $7 million between Danny DeKaiser and Vlasov Nemestikov sitting in the press box as healthy scratches are still $4 million of wiggle room under the cap. Now, I don't see them going out and signing Ryan Suter. I don't see them going out and signing really any defenseman for that amount of, of money. Uh, but if it were to happen, you could still get Gabriel Landeskog at this ridiculous price. And I just wanted to do that to prove a point because uh, there is really no doubt. Like, the, yes, it will never happen, but also there's no actual downside to it happening. Yeah, I think uh, the most important thing that you are – highlighting is I'm not sure people still really fathom how much cap space we have. It is unreal how much cap room this team has. Like they're going to have to go out and spend money to reach the, the floor, like, mm -hmm. like legitimate, like yeah. solid money, not, you know, not one year, you know, a million dollar a year flyers. Like they're going to have to spend just to reach the floor. And I think at a, at a, Bare minimum, what you are doing is at least highlighting the fact that we have a ton of money at our disposal to spend. And, you know, why not be fun with it? Well, why not? Yeah. Why not have a little fun yeah. with all the money we have? And here's the thing is everybody's like, well, I want uh, Steve Eisenman to go out and do a bunch of cap dumps and stuff like that. Go get like God. But here's the thing. You only have so many roster spots and you can only buy out so many guys. And so. What you're doing is, yeah, you want, uh, you know, Steve Eisenman to go out and get Louis Erickson and, and go out and trade for that guy who's a bad set and, you know, bring him out on the roster. And I get that. But there's only so many guys you can possibly do that with because eventually you're just like, oh, crap. Now we just have all these these crappy guys right. again. And uh, that is not a key to success either, whether in the intermediate, uh, either in the short term, long term or even in the intermediary. Yeah, no, the the consistent sign people 
either a buying them out or sign people to trade, sign people to trade, like the consistent rolling over, over and over and over. I think we're finally on the uptick. And I think we're finally at a, at a period where um, I think several teams in this city are actually all lining up at the same time and, and starting to be on the rise again and starting to, to be at that point where you can go out and spend money for people that will actually be here when we are competitive again, because that is coming closer and closer. And I think that's the most fun of, of all of it. And the, the, the other two complaints were one there, it's going to take Detroit too far out of the lottery. I got news for you. I don't see Detroit being a bottom three lottery team next year. I just don't. And the other one, actually, I don't remember the other one. Oh, it was like something about like the, them not being ready to compete. Now, and, and that's the thing is it's like, that's what I'm trying to explain to you guys. It does not matter what they do with their money right now. And after the news came out of him rejecting, of him getting the basically 42 million over eight years, I lowered my offer a little bit. Three years, 10 mil, Gabe Landeskog, the offer still stands. Beautiful. I put it out on Twitter. If Gabe Landeskog signs in Detroit for any amount of time or money, I will walk from my house near m59 and mound road in shelby township <laughs> all the way to little caesar's arena and buy his jersey on the day that they are available from the team store i will i am putting that out there right now hopefully i'll come to your city hopefully you'll join me we can get a yep. little caravan going i think that would be a fun uh, hey, thing that'd be sick honestly but, yeah uh, do a little like live stream action for yeah, it we're all going, on the walk i'll yeah. walk in down to lca to go get our landeskog jerseys yeah um so there it is to you that is all I got on Landis Gog to Detroit. Should probably touch on the fact that Suter honestly might be a reasonable option for the Red Wings this offseason. I would imagine that he wants to go to a contender. He has not won a cup at this stage in his career. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, he still ranks in the upper 70th percentile of all defensemen uh, last year. So just because he wasn't worth it at the astronomical number that the Wild were paying him uh, doesn't mean that he'd be a bad fit in Detroit. And I would even argue uh, he's an even better fit than, than Gabriel Landeskog right now. Uh, I would wholeheartedly argue that. Uh, Keith Yandel <laughs> also got put, uh, bought out today uh, by the Florida Panthers. That could be an option if you're looking for some veteran defense. Um, another guy that hasn't won a cup, though, so who knows where he ends up. Uh, and before we head into segment two and play a little game of guess who, then get into how do you feel about a Friday draft edition? Lemon Tree Friday. What's the update, Scotty? Uh, so we, we're starting to ripen. It's absolutely okay. electric. We got, so first off, we, I feel like the last Lemon Tree Friday, we had like five or six lemons. We have like, if you count the ones that are even budding, we're like in the double digits now. We got a pretty solid system going. And then the ones that were, that were starting to grow last time were there. Like we got a couple that are starting to turn yellow. We got a couple that are, that are mere weeks away from being in, uh, in my father's tea. So we are, we are very quickly approaching um, the, uh, the, the ripening season, which is honestly uh, it, it's pretty exciting for, uh, for our kitchen for sure. It, it is. It's all, it's also kind of a bummer though, that it would take this long. I'm thinking in my head, like what August by the time that they roll around, but um... yeah, I mean, well, yeah, the, like the first two that are starting to turn yellow, those will probably be done by end of July, early August. But then like, we got a lot more, you know, it's, it's starting to roll yeah. over. We got now the, yeah. the young kids are coming up. It's starting to, starting to be prominent players too. So we got a full system going. 
I want to bring up one more. You just talked about rolling over. This is another point I had to make about the Landeskog thing. Another reason to do this deal is because this is like, if, if you don't do this in, there's different, obviously all the leagues have different like structures to their salary caps and stuff like that. But in other leagues, some other leagues, they roll over. Like the NFL, if you don't use mm-hmm. your cap one year, it rolls right. over to the next year. There is nothing like that. There's literally no advantage to not filling up your, your mm-hmm. cap sheet as much as possible. So I just want to throw that out there as well because it was something I had written down. Lemon Tree Friday sparking thoughts for hockey. You'll love to see it. <laughs> You've got to love it. love to see it. Uh, we'll see you in segment two. We're going to play a quick game of Guess the Red Wings Draft Class. Klingberg. Oh, Got boy. His pocket pick. Here's Verana. He's got two. Verana in. He's got three. Patrick Jacob Verana. All right, we are back. Segment two here at the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Go follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Red Wings. We've also got a draft profile episode coming tomorrow with Sam McGilligan. We're going to be looking at Francesco Pinelli and Mackie Samuskevich. Uh, so if you have any thoughts or whatever you want to call it about those forwards, if you don't know about those forwards, if you want to learn about them, be sure to tune in. Uh, guess who, Scotty? Do you want to go first? Do you want... Does go what is go first? So you're gonna you you're gonna me? give the hints first. So we what we've each done is we've okay. each found a we've each I'll give hints first. found a draft class uh, in the Red Wings history, and we're gonna give hints to see uh, who can guess it quicker, I suppose. And you can play along at home as well. Okay. So yeah, I'll I'll, I'll give hints first. Okay. Okay. All right. Ready? Yep. So the very first one I want to get out there. Uh, this I know this is kind of not the rules, but my very first hint is was he was not drafted by the Detroit Red Wings, but someone who has played for the Red Wings and but we talk about on the show, especially this past season. Alex Biega was drafted this year. Okay. Okay. Not by the Red Wings, but this is this is his draft year. Okay. Okay. So the first wing that actually played in the NHL because our two seventh round picks this year didn't end up ever making the NHL. So our sixth round pick, Jan Mersak. Okay. Okay. Next 2009. No, not, not a bad guess though. Then our third round pick never makes the NHL sadly. And uh, and then we have three second rounders and no first rounders this year. Ooh, ooh, two, uh, 2010. Nope. Um, okay. The next next one, this one's funny to me because he never played a single second for the Detroit Red Wings, but was our second round pick. Sean Matthias. Was drafted with the 47th overall pick. And then the last one, what if you're ready? You want me to give you the last one? I'm gonna can class? I guess 2007? You are honing in. You are honing in. You are <laughs> the last one is this is the year that we t- this is our first pick in the draft. It was 41st overall. Corey Emerton. 2006. 2000 and Corey Emerton hours. I think that was Corey. one of the first tweets I've ever seen from you. You just tweeted yes. out Corey Emerton hours. I was like, what the hell? This, that's so funny. At yeah, like man, three o'clock uh, in the morning. Yeah, that, that sounds, it yeah. was definitely me then. Yeah. Yep, sounds, sounds all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's uh, that will forever be what am I? Because so Corey Emerton grew up in 
uh, one of my close buddies that, that lives north of the border, he grew up in his hometown. Okay. And so I tweet out, you know, the stupid like hours thing that I used to do. And I tweet out Corey Emerson hours. And he calls me at like 2.45 in the morning. And he's like, bro, Corey Emerton. And I was like, what, man? Like, what? He's like, bro, Corey Emerton is uh, when he played, like every summer, he would come back into town and just walk into bars with like with like his crew and just walk in. And, and like I, dudes I went to high school with are like mutuals with him on on social medias and like one of my boys plays uh plays pickup hockey with him like in the winter when he's in town and, and whatever like during the all-star break and stuff like Corey Everton's like out here and I was like that is one of the funniest things I've ever heard because for one well two I guess two glorious years Corey Emerton for no reason was one of my favorite players on the Detroit <laughs> <Red> <laughs> and I just thought it was so funny that he and it's, it's wild. Honestly, he has a lot of stories like that. Adam Ernie's one of them. Like he's got a, so many NHL players grew up like near him. And it's just so funny. He'll just randomly hit me up when I tweet about a hockey player and he's like, yeah, oh yeah. Like I saw him like in July at the bar or whatever. I'm like, dude, that's wild. That's kind of the just best. such a like, casual just, thing for you. You're just like, a you played like six years in the league. You just go back to Saskatoon. You're just a living legend for the rest of your right, life. Right, man. Yeah. Like you, just, like, you, you just never buy like, a drink again. Free passes everywhere. Yeah. yeah, exactly, man. That's electric. <laughs> okay. Um, this draft class, if you're ready. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's ride. Was a semi-successful one for the Detroit okay. Red Wings. And so I say not, semi. not what I gave you. I gave you a very rather not successful one. So I appreciate you giving me a little. Well, more it's semi-successful. Okay. Because from the fourth round on there. Let's just say approximately eight, seven to nine picks because I can't count that fast. Okay. Played a combined oh. one game total. Wow. In the okay. NHL. Sure. They only made two picks before that. Two picks before the fourth? Yes. And before being rounds one through three. Yeah. So they picked in the first round, 29th overall. They picked in the second round, 38th overall. Okay. Their first pick was very Sweden. Very Sweden. Very okay. su- I mean, that was a play on sweet. Very right, yeah, yeah, very sweet. Very su- how sweet how sweet it is. How oh how sweet it is. Okay. Um okay, I don't have an immediate an immediate an immediate guess, but sure. The second pick started his career with the Red Wings. He went 38th overall. He climbed his way up through the AHL system. Took him a long time to get to the NHL. Didn't make his NHL debut until 2005-2006. That is okay. So he made his debut in the 05-06 season and you said until. So I'm I'm betting that, is, that it it wasn't like the 2003 or anything. Like it was probably And that is Thomas Kopecky. Okay, sure. Sure. Um Um, okay. Give me another one. If there is another one, they ended up with this pick because they were beaten by the Colorado avalanche in the Stanley cup semifinals. They, and they got what pick 29th. Okay. 
Um, but the so, Avalanche did not win the cup that year. Sure. Okay. I think I got it. What do you got? Uh, I'm going to go with the year 2000 and the pick being Nicholas Cronwall. Let's go. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> sir. Congratulations. Well, I mean, I, I was, yeah, I, 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 when I play games like that, I don't, I don't like guessing until I, yeah. like, I, I don't just want to, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to machine yeah. gun it. I want to rapid fire. So I, you know, took me internalizing the information. Right. right. Yeah. I like yes. it. <laughs> uh, perfect. Good job. Uh, I was, I was like, I, I was, I didn't know what to say for that. I wanted to give you the year hint, but I was like, I didn't want to be like, this is directly in between two, right. you know, right. like, or, or something like that. So, and uh, it's also tough when, you know, the last four picks or whatever you said, none of them yeah. like play in the NHL. <laughs> that's, that's a little tough. Yeah. So good pick or, or good guess. Love that you got the Cronwall pick as well. Uh, we're going to head into segment three, do a little how do you feel about it Friday draft edition. But first, I got to talk to the kind folks at home about builtbar.com. Uh, Built Bar's most delicious tasting protein bar on the market. And did you know that they have so many delicious flavors that you can't even count them all on two hands uh, unless you, <laughs> well, if you're missing fingers, that is. Uh, there's something for everybody. They have nine delicious flavors. And do you know what mine is? It's a salted caramel. I, I've been talking about it yesterday. I've been listening to the Lockdown Tiger, Scott, and I know that yours is the uh, peanut butter brownie. Is that correct? That Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's been rolling about it. Yeah, he, he, uh, he's been rolling about the peanut butter brownie. Uh, and if you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mix box. We get two of each of the nine flavors, but no matter which one you pick, they're all guaranteed to be covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. Not only are the best tasting, but they're healthy too. They got 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180. That's nothing to shake a stick at. Only four to five grams of sugar, only four to five grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Go to built.com right now. Use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off of your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Here's Ernie, busting through. Adam Ernie right in, scores! Adam Ernie, it's Port of Detroit! He's got his 10th goal of the season! All right, segment three here at the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Noel Bianchi, Scotty Bentley. We are doing How Do You Feel About It Friday draft edition as we are seven days away from the 2021 NHL entry draft uh, I'm excited. We've covered a lot of the prospects. We got Sam McGillingay coming on for a bonus episode tomorrow. We are looking at Francesco Pinelli and Mackie Samuskevich, uh, two really intriguing forwards. Uh, so we'll do that. And then we're going to have more profiles coming next week. We're going to talk draft strategy next week. We're going to try and make it really fun for you. I'm going to try and bring out as many uh, unique guests as possible to kind of fill the void as we prepare and count down the days. I know you probably heard all the mock drafts. Um, there's not honestly too much to talk about in that range. We will, you know, we'll do a prediction show, all those fun types of things. So be sure to subscribe, uh, make sure that you, uh, have it available every day, ready for your morning commute. How do you feel about a Friday? I will kick us off, uh, because the rumor mill right now surrounding the Detroit Red Wings is swirling. There are teams that are looking to dump salary cap. There are teams that are looking to move uh, into the top 10. There are teams that are looking to move on from their franchise stars. How do you feel about the, the possibility of Steve Eisman getting another first round pick for this draft uh, before it begins? I feel, well, I trust him enough to where if 
if I learned that that did happen and didn't know the return, I would probably just feel good about it and not worry about us overpaying because I trust Steve. Um, how I feel about the likelihood of it, it happening, um, I would say slim. I would, not because he's not willing to do it, but I feel like, um, I don't know, maybe it's just me not having too many memories of very many teams having three first round picks and maybe Steve's just built different. I don't know, but I, I uh, Columbus does this year, actually. I think really? I think definitely Columbus does. Yeah. So may, maybe, maybe I, I'm just, I'm trying to think of, of what we would have to give up and I'm, I'm not. Well, it, so like this would be, I guess, maybe in a Bertuzzi scenario or because sure. yeah, here's the absolutely. thing that, that is, has my ears perked up a little bit. Whenever there's a Steve Eisenman move that is made, there typically aren't like nobody un- sees the deal coming, but everybody knows Eisenman's working. And right now there's a lot of, there's a lot of talk about, you know, the, the Red Wings possibly being interested in Hyman. There's a lot of talk about the Red Wings possibly looking at uh, moving Bertuzzi, like the Kings have been come up as a name recently. And I think whenever like these things start happening, I think that's because there is movement in some degree. And uh from that standpoint, I just look at all these teams that are trying to get things figured out before the expansion draft, because that's a lot of that's a lot of it, too, is teams are still trying to figure out things before the expansion draft. That's why we saw the Ryan right. Suter and Zach Parise buyouts. And so I just think that because of the, the energy that's been around Steve and the idea of a deal lately, I just kind of like the idea of that happening. And I don't see any team really doing anything that gets them out of the 22 or 23 lottery. So I think that probably won't happen, but if you can get, you know, ninth overall from Vancouver uh, in for, for doing something, you know, whatever it may be, um, I, I say, you go back and do it. The, the, if you can get the 10th pick from LA for Tyler Bertuzzi, plus some, plus some other stuff, I think that's a move you make. Um, I don't know. I don't know though. We'll see. I, I, I just kind of feel a certain way about sure. something about to happen. It, uh, it, it definitely also takes into, I mean, we all know how weird this draft class is because, you know, we've been talking about it for months now, but um, I feel like a lot of that depends on uh, Steve and this front office's opinion of this class. And if they think that it's uh, maybe a better class than some people are giving credit for, maybe they try to, to, like you said, buy low on a pick because another front office might be yeah. kind of part of that group of uh, a majority of people that think that this is a weaker class. So I think a lot of it d- depends on their evaluation of the class too. Mm-hmm. And I think I would need more than just Tyler or just that first round pick if, if the, For sure. the Red Wings are going to But the thing that makes that situation a little bit difficult is that Tyler Bertuzzi is obviously coming off a back injury. He missed the last, you know, 48 games or whatever it was of last season. Um, There's a lot of, there's a lot of nuance to that conversation, but uh, how do you feel about a Friday? What do you got for me? So I know that you're a big uh, Luke Hughes guy and he's, Mm -hmm. I believe he's your one, one, right? Yes. yes. Okay. So I feel like, uh, so Hughes is there at six. You're, you're taking him, you're running to the board. Mm-hmm. If Beneers somehow were to fall to six, you would do the same thing, I feel like. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So my next my my question is, 
how do you, cause I'm, um, I know you're big on this guy too. How do you feel about us taking Jesper Wallstedt if William Eklund's on the board? I won't, I won't hate it, but I, I have really, really come to love me some William Eklund sure. uh, and Mikhail home. I told you he was in my DMS the other day, just saying that he thinks he's a better prospect than Lucas Raymond was at this time last year. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you look at the numbers, and, and things like that. And just what he was able to do with the SHL level in his draft year. I cannot lie that I, I see where that is coming from. And I can't lie that it's maybe outside of Beneers and Wallstead, the most impressive, you know, draft. I mean, obviously what Dylan Gunther did in the WHL was a joke, sure. but um, <laughs> yes, <laughs> but, but you know, just, just kind of like looking at those things, I don't, I'd be, I'd be happy with either. I, I would trust that would be a believe in Steve type deal. It sure. sucks that you got two players on the board that you like, but that's a good problem to have. So um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I would be okay with it. Sure. I know you it's, wouldn't be though. No, I mean like I, I <laughs> again, like I, I'm going to, I'm going to trust Steve more times than not, but, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, I mean, yes, for is obviously, obviously at the, uh, the, the top of mine. I, I, I think, I think the three people that you have above them are, are a good, I, I'm big on ceilings, right? Yeah. And, and with, with this draft class that is, uh, doesn't have some of the ceilings that we're quite used to at the very top of most drafts, I, I feel like Hughes especially has a, is one of the few people in this draft that has a really, really high ceiling. Um, obviously, I, I think the same of Jesper. And, uh, and yeah, Eklund, especially after uh, breaking him down more and stuff. I mean, there's a, there's definitely a case for, for him to be in that conversation too. So I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be too upset if any of those people are taken uh, or if they're still on the board and and we choose them over Jesper, but, but yeah, I I would, (laughs) I would still choose Jesper for sure. Here's the thing about Eklund that makes this situation a little bit interesting is that uh, I think if, I think he like out of the the power Beniers, uh, Eklund, Hughes, and Edvinson. I think that Eklund is the most likely to be there at six. But I think like, sure, with those guys, he's also the most likely. Or, or I guess like from six on, he's the most likely to jump into the top five. You know, you know what I'm saying there. I don't know if that makes sure. sense. Oh yeah. But no, uh, I, so I, 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 I have no, like he could go seven and it wouldn't surprise me. He could go one and it wouldn't surprise me. I don't think I could say the same thing about veneers or power, you know? Yeah, for sure. What? So I, I did, this question originated from seeing your personal big board you put on Twitter. So are you saying that if Owen power was available at six, you would take Jesper, Eklund, Hughes, Beniers ahead of him, assuming they were still on the board. Uh, let me pull up this board. I what did you say? So Owen Powell. Yes, this is this is this is the order that I six. that I draft them in. Okay. Okay. So that that is that that is the order that that yeah, is. So I got Luke Hughes. Whoever's the highest on that list is who you're taking. Yes. Got it. Yes. So, so power is where on that five. I have Hughes, 
Beniers at two, Eklund at three, Wallstead at four, Power at five, McTavish at six, Kent Johnson at seven. I think I might flip flop Johnson and McTavish to be quite honest with you. I just, I don't, I'm not excited about McTavish. Like I get excited about Ken Johnson. uh, And then I I feel like McTavish is a floor guy, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like you're going to get, you're going to get a solid middle six forward out of them. But uh, yeah, maybe lacks the the ceiling that some of the other guys have. And then I got Brant Clark at eight, um, Simon Edvinson at at nine and Dylan Gunther at 10. Sure. Yeah. Simon Edvinson is who I compare Jackson Job to. Yes. That's my, that's my comparison. That's a great comparison. Yeah. That's uh, that's out. He's got a, uh, a very low floor, but maybe the highest ceiling in the entire class. Yeah, that's a that's a risky one for sure. Um, anything else for how do you feel about a Friday before we depart into uh, set? I was going to say depart for the weekend, but we're going to be back tomorrow. True uh, bonus episode, well. a little bony episode for you guys. Uh, anything else? Uh, no, I think that's it. All right, subscribe. Don't miss out. Listen to us while you're doing your yard work tomorrow. Whatever kind of Saturday where you're driving out to your boat, you know whatever it may be. Get the latest info on all of that. If you have a positive feedback, leave us a review. If you have negative feedback, hit my DMs. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Same time, same place. It's your team every day. You're locked on Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.